Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're here, we're queer, get into it. This is Curiosity presented by LGBT Ireland and your Saturday afternoon starts right here. I'm James O'Hagan and coming up in the next hour, we'll be taking a look at what happens in the world of news and entertainment in our Rainbow Roundup. We're going to be chatting to TV presenter and fashion designer Brendan Courtney, who recently took part in LGBT Ireland's National Coming Out Day campaign about life, activism and how music empowers them. We'll talk to Anthony Kinahan from Quintense's Theatre about their new show, The Curious Case of Albert Cashier. And we're stepping back in time to have a look at some of the landmark moments in queer history, the year that the LGBT Ireland National LGBT Helpline was first launched in Reeling in the Queers, as well as tons of great music. But before we get into that, he is the Salem to my Sabrina, <laughs> Podrick Wilson McCarthy. How are you? The porn star to your martini. <laughs> now, can you say porn star at, one, at this time on a Saturday? I think you can. I, I, think mean, you can. I mean, there's a lot of people ordering them off yeah, menus. That, that's about. what I'm thinking. Do you know what I mean? Megan's got her head in her hands already. Uh, I'm great, babe. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Um, I, I'm, I, I had a gorgeous week. I mean, we're, we're going to be chatting about the galas, I know, coming up in a few minutes, but I I was away last week and missed what happened to have been, it must have been the party of the year going over to Westport with some lovely friends to visit an old Irish ghost centre Oh well come here how bad how bad <laughs> I also missed the party of the year at the galas last week but I, I was here I just wasn't invited Oh where, yeah. well listen you can't get a comp to every occasion Mr McCarthy I know I know see there was no one else going and I'm usually the plus one you know uh, tell me about your weekend so goats Yeah so we went we decided we, we as a group of us uh, from college we have all always done this sort of like you know mid-winter mid-autumn kind of like weekend away that sounds stunning it, it is gorgeous but but as children have started to appear on the horizon obviously the, the activities oh, have started to have more to move wholesome. into yeah it has become mm. more wholesome so we took ourselves to the old Irish goat uh, yeah. centre down in Mulraney yeah. in Westport I would absolutely top tips but goats stink they are the most vile smelling creature I have ever come into contact with. I have, I'm fortunate enough to say that I've never smelt one. Uh, I definitely You've never smelled a goat, Father. Not, no, no, actually. <laughs> I've smelt a lot of things, James. But a goat, a goat ain't one. You don't want to know what I've smelt. What's going on with yourself? Uh, nothing strange, really. I had a very quiet, wholesome weekend myself, which was the first time in ages and it was gorgeous. Mainly because I'm heading off to London this gorgeous. weekend. Yeah, um, it was my mum's birthday, so we're going over to get Tina Turnt at the Tina Turner musical. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that will be special. We're, totally, and I'm very excited for it. So I'll be giving like the full rundown next week. I'll tell you all about I, I'm, it. I'm excited already yeah. for this. Yeah, my mum also. We had COVID there like two years ago for Christmas, and it was just me and her locked locked away <laughs> in the house. So I made her watch like ten seasons of Drag Race, and she's obsessed with drag queens, and she's never been to a drag show. So we're bringing her to one of them as well. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, you're, we're break and, it. And you're not. You're, you're not. You're, you're starting her big. You're starting oh. with like a London drag show. Yeah, she's going to be absolutely death dropping around the place. I, around Soho. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this content. People, oh. get ready to consume the yeah, content. Yeah, it'll be all over the place. If you know me at all. Um, but I suppose we may as well move into our Rainbow Roundup. We, I'm sticking with Rainbow Roundup, I think, as a, as, a, as, a, as a name for this new segment. The more I hear it, the more I love it. I think that's it. We're obsessed. Yeah. Rainbow yeah. Roundup of applause. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah. But yeah, let's kick sure. on into the news. Yeah, okay. So first of all, um, Big Brother's back. I hear we have a new trans icon. We have a new trans icon and thankfully it came through Big Brother, which I am upset. Uh, do you watch? Do you watch Big I Brother? I have watched and I am obsessed. I love it. I've always loved it. It's always been a programme that I've like been obsessed with and to hear it was coming back was 
excellent because it always has that representation, yeah, doesn't it? it? Does. And th- they delivered, okay? Yeah, so they they launched it there on last Monday yeah, evening, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, la- last, last Sunday was it? Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose I had a lot of trepidation going into. So I remember the, the like the early seasons, like the kind of you know the golden era of sure. Big Brother, kind of mm. season one through like you know six to yeah. nine or whatever. Channel Four or Davina yeah, era, exactly. Yeah. And like you just you you felt such an affinity for the housemates, but the quality had dipped, Far particularly sure. as it had like as it had sort of like moved into its Channel Five yeah. era, and there was a feeling of kind of you know it was you know just this, this platform that people went to, kind of Love Island. It was giving Love Island just for the people who like you know weren't. I suppose models, right? Yeah, but it exactly. was it was given that whole like influencers trying to you know claim fame. We saw people from other TV shows that were instantly recognisable from like MTV shows and stuff getting on it. It was just a bit disappointing. Yeah. But they seem to have paired it right back. Um. But almost instantly, we got this beautiful moment this week when one of the contestants, Hallie, came out on day two as trans. It was. It, it, I mean, it's you know if you if you it, turn your if you avert your gaze from the the hellscape that is Twitter, it, yeah. it does feel like a beautiful. Moment. It was. Uh, and it, it was. It was such a genuine space. I, I I watched that. Um, there's a clip that's been 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 uh, sort of shared yeah. pretty widely, which we'll hear now in a second. But I watched that and just was so impressed with the tenderness and the compassion shown to Hallie as she sh- as she shared her journey. And you know, the the housemates instantly all then shared their own pronouns as a real show of solidarity with her. That, that was it. And you know what? We have to remember that this girl is 18 years old and she is so incredibly brave, especially at this time when Britain especially is like, it's not a nice place to be if you're... Tra- I mean, no. It's not a nice place to be anyway, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. But it definitely... And I'm, I'm on the way over to London now. Even now. But it's also definitely not a nice place to be if you're trans at the moment. No, it, it's a very hard place to be trans. But I do think that having some, having a moment as powerful as this and, and have that show of support from such a diverse cast of people really kind of, I suppose, speaks to... How how people on the ground actually feel yeah. about trans people. Will we yeah. have a quick listen? I would to love to. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, I just have something to say. Um, yesterday, I feel like I wasn't being a hundred percent authentic in myself. What? Um, so I just thought I'd let everyone know I'm trans. If you didn't know already, I just thought I'd make that loud and clear. Um, so yeah, I'm a trans woman. If you didn't know, good for you. Celebrate you. Oh, brave of you. It's the moment. I like it. I know. I don't know why I was nervous. No, you don't need to be nervous. I know. On that subject, can we just double check pronouns so nobody gets offended? That was such a beautiful moment to hear when they were were looking for the pronouns. Also, I did not realize this. And we we do have other news to talk about. I'll go talk about this all day. That the other... That, that there have only been two previous trans contestants on Big Brother UK and both of and them both won. both of them have won. Luke in 2012 yeah. and Nadia in 2004. Nine, na- 19 years ago since Nadia won, right? Insane. Before Hallie was even born. So anyone that's saying that, oh, Big Brother suddenly woke because there's trans uh, people on it, get over yourself. <laughs> Just look I, at the history books, girls. I do, b- before, before we move on to what is much less iconic behaviour from yeah. President Erdogan of, uh, of, of, of Turkey, uh, who are you rooting for in the Big Brother house? Who's your current winner? My current winner is Hallie, I think, right? Other than that, I was loving Frida up until recently. Um, uh, but I also, I'm, I'm loving Kelly. I actually, do you know what? There's, there's very few that I don't like in there. I have to be honest, even the even the two, um, the, the two Pa shows, I'm kind of... The Tories that are giving heart, heart stopper. Uh, as, as, <laughs> as, a, as a sort of, a, as a chunky bearded gay man myself, Jenkin obviously is my, yeah. is my, my spirit animal. I'm very into, I, I want him to do as well as possible, especially after his suitcase got blown up. But anyway, look. Yes. 
Yes. We will uh we'll 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 push we'll on. We'll push it there, but I'm just gonna say you're gonna be sick of me talking about it. I no, we, yeah. we, this is it. Yeah. This is this is now your unofficial big brother catch up podcast I love it. slash radio love show. It. <laughs> now not to bring the tone down. I mean mm-hmm. But we have to go over there, right? So um, President Erdogan, uh, Turkey's president, has has come out again this week with more anti-LGBT rhetoric, I guess. Yeah. Um, saying that he does not recognise uh, LGBT. Uh, sorry, he does not recognise LGBT before promising to fight the so-called perverse trends in the country. Basically, he's saying, you know, it doesn't meet the stand- family standards that he's used to and, yeah. you know, that they basically see traditional families as being a man and a woman and children and that was it. Um, in a place that was already not really a nice place no. to be if you were LGBT it just seems to be getting worse over yeah, there doesn't it no absolutely so I think that that uh, a real crackdown ha- has sort of begun since 2017 uh, when they started I suppose with this this like line of sort of dehumanising talk around mm. queer people talking about how like queer people were somehow attracted to to, to families Family, and, yeah. and, and how sort of you know the, the visibility of, of LGBTQI plus people was somehow dangerous uh, and there's been a real crackdown on, um, on, on pride and, and on Pride celebrations which is really sad to see one thing that I saw that I just was like literally please cope better with reality President Erdogan of, of, of Turkey was that he was recently in the UN for the launch of their sustainable development goals and they in the booklet that the sustainable development goals are, are printed in yeah. they use bright colours and he said that he was uncomfy with bright colours as they sort of implied an LGBT um, sort like, of like leaning I'm like oh my god are, are you are are you now scared of the rainbow? Yeah, like, like are you please. scared of, of literally a t- like a sheet of paper? I know. Do you know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? But yeah, it is. But I suppose it, it's like when when we take this in the context, say, of the conversation in the Big Brother house around Halley in the last mm. in in the last exactly. uh, in the last week, it does show that like there are so many places around the world where just being yourself as a queer person is unsafe. And you know, us here in this part of the world where we have the freedoms, really shouldn't take it for granted. No, definitely not. And like like I just saw there, I re- I read it um, when I was lo- lo- reading more about this. Right, that even looking gay can get you arrested in Turkey now, and it's a bit obscene to me because I know I know plenty of people who are straight who look very gay. <laughs> there's plenty of people that I I don't I I don't look particularly gay, but there's plenty of people exactly that I yeah. know. So I'm like, do you know I, what I mean? I'll, anyway, but on to something more celebratory. Yes. The galas the celebrated galas in the mansion I, house that I weren't invited to. But they anyway, look, you'll be on the guest list next time. I'd want to be. be. This is it. This is my call out now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we better be nominated. This is it. We're <laughs> saying it right now. Show one. If we're not nominated for 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 a gala award at some point in the future. We'll be disgusted. I but, know. But 3,000 plus nominations, 56 shortlisted people and a beautiful celebration in it the Mansion House. amazing. Host by Panty Bliss Host and, by Panty and, and Lisa, Lisa Connell. Connell. Icons who, only. by the way, looked fire, might I add. They both looked amazing. They, they, they got amazing. the hot pink memo and they yeah. looked unbelievable. Yeah. They were like, they were like sisters. They, yeah, they absolutely I were. I loved I don't it. know, I don't know whether that, I think that's a compliment to one and maybe more of an insult to the other. But look, <laughs> we... <laughs> It was all intended to be. It was all intended to be lovely. It was, but no. So it was great to see such diverse range of winners there. Core City Libraries obviously yeah, won for their their yeah. allyship uh, for the for for the the queer community and everything they've put up with over the last while. A lot of rural prides, including uh, Broad and the Gale Talked to were were awarded as well. And it was a proper national celebration. It wasn't as Dublin focused. That was no. That's um, what I thought as well. It was there was people from all over the country claiming awards, which was absolutely brilliant. Now we are going to be moving on, but before we we get into into our interview uh, we're going to be hearing one of the songs from the year that y- your year for Breathing yeah, the Queers so yeah. do you want to intro this this well, iconic exactly no bother so so James doesn't know what year I'm going to be talking about yet but 
the Grammy for best song this year went to this song and it's an absolute bop so get up and dance Couldn't be more excited to have Irish gay icon Brendan Courtney join us as the first ever guest for Curiosity. Not only is Brendan one half of the iconic Lennon Courtney lifestyle brand and one of the best known broadcasters working in Irish media with a career in television and radio spanning over two decades, he's also a passionate advocate for equality and inclusion, having worked on issues ranging from healthcare and housing to LGBTQIA and older people's rights. Brendan recently joined LGBT Ireland's Empowering Anthems campaign for National Coming Out Day to highlight the power of positivity of being your most authentic self and we're very excited to talk, chat to you today Brendan thanks so much for thank being here thank you so here. much for having me and I'm the first you are this, this is, is it breaking is, new ground this is your virgin voyage that's, that's straight what we in said. with the smut straight said, in we needed to get a crow give them what they in. expect from the gays right <laughs> <laughs> this is it start, hit the ground running yeah. Yeah. so you've got to get us cancelled yeah. yeah. no delete 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but so the first thing we wanted to ask you about you've spoken before about the fact that you had quite a positive experience of, of, of coming out mm-hmm. and that you sort of with your parents it was quite an easy thing for them to accept but obviously the one thing that is common regardless of the actual experience of coming out is that period beforehand where you are concerned Mm -hmm. so what was that like for you and I suppose what would you say to those who are struggling to come out to their family that is the darkest part um, because but also it's a bit brighter now the the dimmer's gone up a little bit in society but when I was coming out it was still illegal to be gay and the Catholic Church wanted us burnt at the stake and there was no bones about that when we did Pride I did my first Pride in 1989 I think or 1990 and we had to bring umbrellas because people would come down from Moore Street. I don't know who, if they yeah. worked there, they were, and they would throw tomatoes at us. Oh, wow. Oh my God. But it was funny because we yeah. were like, man, yeah. this is yeah. Yeah. But We were, knew we were on the right side of a protest. That was yeah. interesting. Yeah. So subconsciously in our head, we were right. We, this was who we were and we knew it. And luckily, I, from my upbringing, I had the confidence to do that. But that dark period just where you come out, like literally the night I came out, I went over to my best friend at the time, Carla, who's still a really good friend of mine, and asked her out. And then in the next breath said, Oh no, I'm gay. <laughs> no way. Like you're so you're so confused. Yeah, right? it's really confusing time. We were we were best friends since we were nine. Yeah, and yeah. then everybody used to think we were together. Yeah, and then her parents thought she was gay as well because I came out. So because we were inseparable, and I I conflated that and thought would it just be easier if we just go out with a girl? Yeah, because of course. It was so the truth was so hard to bear. Yeah. So I, people are in that dark spot is. Honestly, in my experience, it's very rarely as dark as you think. Yeah. Very, very, very rarely. And in fact, I can only think of two cases in my entire life where their family were not supportive. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and one of those cases was, was, in the South, was in South Africa. Yeah. You know, only one case in Ireland I've ever heard of where a family weren't 100% supportive. Yeah. So it's never as dark as you think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We are the most liberal European country in the world, effectively, now. Yeah. So, and we are kind. We are kind people. Yeah. We like an underdog. You know? Yeah, we do. And I think as well, like when you come out, what you don't necessarily realise straight away is that you're getting access to this amazing community to be part of this amazing queer community. And I think that's something that can feel very overwhelming before you, because you don't know what's next for you. But then once you actually jump in and start swimming, it's like, this is amazing. I get to be part of all yeah. of this. There's, there's another two big sides that even before that is I was a, I was a little fey gay. I had blonde hair and you, I couldn't hide. I screamed like two sisters. Yeah. I People knew I was 
I got called yeah. a puff all the way through school, which yeah. was the, the or faggot or whatever. So I I was one of those fey gays who couldn't hide. I couldn't do a mask yeah. for mask. I mean, I can stand in a bar in a foreign country and I can look masculine. Yeah. But once I start talking and the yeah. hands start going, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am who I am. And even, so Morgan, well, I was even at nine years of age, I, that's who I was. Mm-hmm. So I kind of. You know, I have a friend who hasn't come out to his family in Poland and he goes home all the time. And I'm like, okay, unless your mother is Helen Keller, she knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Unless she has never seen you or heard you. Yeah. And she's she, she knows you, right? Yeah, so I get that. so uh, your mom, you know, your mom knows. Yeah, you do. But absolutely. like my my mom, for one, like, you know, she asked me a hundred times and I Did always she? said no. And then, See, I love and then younger <laughs> people. Yeah, totally. And then I and then when I told her, she was shook to the core. She couldn't believe it. And I was like, I can't believe this. This is all you ever wanted. Shot. Happy yeah. Christmas. I, I know. I was delighted. And gave it and to you. She was like, come upstairs, what am I wearing tonight? That was the vibe. My mother now says, oh, that's why God made you gay, to look after me. <laughs> I love her caring kind. Yeah, in her wisdom, God made me gay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bryn, I did my research, right? And online it actually said that you were the first out gay TV presenter was, in, yeah. in Ireland. I was. Now, that's, that's what, a, what a, like, an, an amazing title to have. That embarrassed me for years. Now did I'm it? Really, oh, yeah. Because, and look at you now. Well, because I, it, so think about it. It was 1999. Yeah. You were, neither of you were born, were you? I, I was. I I'm, I I was born in 1982, so I've been around for a while. God, you look so young. Thank you. Yeah, it's called, straight it's called, with the judgment. I, I, it's called, it's I called being very fat. young. It, it I, really helps. Yeah. How you do look? <laughs> it really helps. So you were born. Glow. Wow, you were so. <laughs> you were born in 1982. 82. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So 1990. Yeah, so 1980. You were you were six. You weren't watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started doing a TV show called Wanderlust, which was a late night dating show, um, which was my format that I wrote. Actually, I was so lucky it got commissioned. So I was producing, I was exec producing it, and I, I was picking the music and I was presenting it. And it was internet blind day. So it was late night, kind of risque. And it was so risque, we'd p- send people into chat rooms, they'd find a date, and then we'd fly to her in the world wherever those dates yeah. were. That's them, mad. Like for, for that time, oh, it like, was so ahead of its, it's time. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like Love Island. It sold it in 19 countries. I was yeah. helicoptered yeah. into MIPCOM to sell yeah, it. Yeah. And it was mad. Anyway, <laughs> oh my great God, And then I drank it all. It was all gone. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't even that much money, by the way. But. I would do a thing called the wake-up call where I would knock on the date's room to see if they'd shagged, basically. Okay. So you'd never get away with it now. Like, yeah. so little of it is on YouTube, thank goodness. It was before YouTube. <laughs> but I would go into, like, we'd kick the door open. We'd get the key off the hotel people and we'd often catch them in bed together, right? Oh and I, I would go, ah! <laughs> so, so people were not looking at whether the shock of that they were going. Oh my god, that guy is so gay! <laughs> I love it. So, so you effectively were like but, forced out of it. Yeah, so, but no, but I was out because yeah, I was like, I was panties backing dancer yeah. on stage, and I was dancing in nightclubs, go go dancing. You dancer as well. I mean, yeah. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, master, 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 master. <laughs> But I, I, no, I, was, I was fitness instructor, and then I started doing choreography. Okay, but just in part in my part time life, and I'm yeah. actually bringing a dance class back soon. I'll tell you all about that. Oh my god! But so I had come out when I was like 19, 20. So I was actually 24, 25. So I'd been long out. Yeah. So I was just being myself. I was being party Bren. And so when they put the camera on me, my best friend was the director, Teresa, still one of my best friends. We just went around the world having a riot. So when it hit air after about four months of filming. They just kept, they, the newspapers went bananas. It was gay TV presenter, gay. Ho- I, I, I remember my dad going, why do they keep saying gay yeah. TV presenter? <laughs> yeah. Well, they never say straight builder Frank Courtney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's because it's not interesting, dad. <laughs> Nobody cares. But that was a big shock to my family. We're Dublin, yeah. from Tala, normal working class. But my mum's a hairdresser, lots of gays in our family. So my family are a bit eye-rolly about it. But it actually came at a kind of a shock to me. And next of all, I'd be sort of really enveloped into the LGBT plus community, which I kind of resisted. I didn't want to be a role model. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. always felt when we get equal rights, 
them, I used to say, make hay brethren while the sun shines. Pretty soon we won't be special. We'll just yeah. be like them, just yeah. normal people. Yeah. And that was kind of our mission, I suppose. So I kind of liked it, but then didn't like it. But now I love it. Now I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're doing it so well. Yeah. Just Graham like, Norton I, hates I, it. Because <laughs> he wasn't in Ireland. Yeah. I've got one quick question about work. Any chance, if RT were to come back into money of an off the rails reboot, would you do oh, it? No. 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 Oh, I'm actually Deva. No. I'm Deva. No. My mum's You can do it. It's like you're the new generation. Yes. I'm not half as stylish as you. No, yeah, you look great. But ah, it's, thanks, that's a young Did you hear that? That's a young person. <laughs> that running around dressing people is a is a is a young person's job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fifty two. I know I look fierce. You don't look it. But, but I ha- yeah, what it spun out of off the rails for us was obviously Lennon Courtney. So yeah. now we have our own label. Yeah, so I couldn't use other labels anyway. Yeah. So it'd be inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. But would I do it again? I mean that I think I earned all my positive positive credits in the world for that job yeah. by taking people who weren't feeling great and making them over. But really, it wasn't about the clothes. It yeah. was that journey television thing. Yeah, it was very it was very mental, wasn't it? More more. So we than copied like Gokwan. We really did yeah. because there was just before us was Trini and Susanna what not to wear, and it was mean spirited. That was horrendous. And we yeah. were like, we'll do it, but no. And often producers because we did it for seven seasons, would we get a new producer and they'd be like, you know, we want challenges. We want yeah. you to fight with them, and I, yeah. we would say. No. no, and I think that like that more that gentleness has returned to reality yeah. TV in a big way because that Trini and Suzanne or what was that like forty years younger where they had the yeah, horrible woman it didn't that age ten well, years younger, ten years younger. Oh my god, a lot of it didn't age well. No, it didn't age well. Wanderlust didn't age well. By the way, no, it just needs to be rediscovered on TikTok now. You better believe now when I go home, I'm going to be all over finding Wanderlust. It didn't age well. I think we have to take a quick break now for, and we're going to come back afterwards and talk to you a little bit about your actual advocacy work and coming to. Because he went too long talking about uh, the, the well, off the rails. Being, being the, being <laughs> the giggling the gays that we are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you watch it with your mommy? <laughs> Do I watch? <laughs> um, so we just go to a quick bake and we'll be right back with more from Brendan Courtney. Somebody said you got a new friend. Does she love you better than I can? Welcome back to Curiosity. Before the break, we were speaking with fashion icon Brendan Courtney and Brendan is still here with us. Brendan, I just wanted to talk about your work within the community, really. Mm. Um, at a time when it feels like, you know, things are regressing in terms of like attitudes towards our community. Like, do you feel the weight of that? And with the people that you're working with, um, is that something that like, you know, you see on the ground as well? I, I think let's keep let's be positive we're in the world in a better place than it ever it was yeah it's le- like it's all I I don't believe I, I I hate the patriarchy I'm ideally opposed to it yeah. so I don't believe in marriage as a concept yeah. but I want the right to do it Absolutely. because that means that the primary school teacher who might be a homophobe who has a little yeah. gay fae or a little lesbian mm-hmm. or a little trans kid in their class they can't judge them because there is gay marriage yeah. and so yeah. our society is on our side so apart from that what people like or dislike about our community I don't care about I don't yes. care about that so there's a positive I ignore that I've learned to ignore that but you're right there's definitely noise rumblings mm. there's tropes that we are now gay people are paedophiles gay, they're yeah, using these all yeah. that's coming all back, back right in. that's because those people can connect internationally. Mm. They are, we're all content makers. We're all connected, yeah, yeah. right? So with the positive nature of connectivity comes negative nature. I do think we have to talk about it and rail against it and protect our community. Yeah. I do think that's very important. But I also think we need to keep, keep it positive. I think yeah. we're at a real inter- interesting juncture. 
do we keep ignoring them like they did in America and England? And next of all, they really have. Yeah, they've they got over. They've, yeah. they've places in Parliament. Yeah. yeah. These voices who yeah. want women's rights. Never mind us. Yeah. I mean, I always say to my friend, girlfriends, you pay attention to this. Completely. They're going I, for you next. No, but this yeah. is the, this is yeah. the thing. It's like, you know, we, we like the, the, the call is very much coming from inside, inside the house. If we start ignoring what's happening with the trans community, it's going to bleed into the queer community. If we ignore that, it's going to bleed into the women. To the women. And it, yeah. it's all part of that same movement to b- pull people back to, to as well as a place of patriarchy and, and like the, the, the sort of the Bible. Privilege. The Let's Bible. call it yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah it is. It's to pull it people but back I'm, to God. I was curious, before the break, you mentioned that you, I suppose, you had never wanted to be an activist but now it is something that you really seem to have taken into your core you've done a master's in equality and yeah. diversity and inclusion That's and, it's, and you're working with sort of like with the likes of Focus Ireland with LGBT Ireland with all of these organisations so sort of how did that change come about? So I I was Ireland's first openly gay TV presenter big <laughs> yeah. corporates would have a budget for a for a gay day yeah. or whatever we call them, right? An EDI day. Yeah. And they'd Google, we're going to, if we, you know, use it or lose it, November. Yeah. And I noticed, I started to get up to around this time of year yeah, yeah, yeah. as budgets were drying up because yeah. they'd Google it and I'd come up. Yeah. So I was like, so I'd go tell my story in Google or yeah. in Facebook or in a bank or whatever. And about five years ago, I said, actually, this is important work. <laughs> I'm yeah. influencing these people by telling my story. Because people, I like, I got punched to the ground just coming up to marriage equality. Yeah. I was attacked. Now, I was with eight friends. So it was four of them. We were not, I just got a whack and they, they shouted faggot. Yeah. But knocked me to the ground, massive black eye. Went to the IFTAs the next night. Didn't think it was that bad. Rang Panty and he was like, what are you going to sit at home with your black eye while those mugs are out there <laughs> yeah. enjoying them? I get to the yeah. awards. Yeah. So I was like, yes, sir. That. Yes, Panty. Pant- <laughs> you do what Panty says, <laughs> yeah. right? And so I went, but there was a massive reaction the next day. And the reaction was our allies, my sister, our friends going, that still happens. And it connected to the Me Too moment years later yeah. where women, were, we were going, we know what that feels like. We yeah. just learned to live with that. And yes. you do learn to live with that. So actually, um, ripping the lid off that, speaking about it in corporate, I felt, oh God, I do have a responsibility to tell people about this so that maybe we can stop younger people experiencing this hate. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And earlier this week, you took part in LGBT Ireland's Empowering Anthems campaign, which I suppose was trying to tie in the notion of like the positivity Very cute idea. that music yeah, can have. to cause. like, And it really was, I think that actually, it's interesting if, if anyone is watching UK Drag Race at the moment, they yeah. were talking about the power music has to make you really feel like you're being your most authentic Very self. Emotive. So I suppose, why did you, why, what drew you to that campaign and why did you want to be part of it? Well, because they rang me. <laughs> <laughs> and what song did you pick as well? No, no, no. Really no I, I'm joking. They're brilliant. They're, that that <laughs> organisation are brilliant and they did call me and I was like, no question, of course I will. I'd love yeah. to be a part of it. Also, dancing around as a young gay in your bedroom when you're 14 mm-hmm. to your favourite pop songs you escape yeah. into your hairbrush into the mirror pretending you're somebody else pretending you're you on stage that's what all teenagers do and actually when you realise it's not just gay kids that do yeah. it music connects everyone that's yeah. why we adore Britney and we adore Madonna and we adore people from all levels and all their falls and ups and downs because their music connects us and I think yeah. that's really important so I picked a really obvious one but here's the weird thing this is mad. So I didn't know that they'd ask Sonia, my business partner, to do it. I didn't know that we, yeah. we're so, we, yeah. we don't, like we didn't talk yeah, about yeah, it, right? Yeah, can't talk about and everything. I'm going to the photo shoot and next of all, I say, look, I'm going to this photo shoot for LGBT Ireland. She's like, oh, I'm going to that. I was like, shut <laughs> up. What are you doing at that? She said, I'm your token ally. I was like, okay. <laughs> on, so there was me, David O'Reilly, uh, Shane, Daniel Byrne uh, and Sonia walked in and then that gorgeous uh, GAA player, I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, I'm embarrassed now, but he uh, he's an LGBTQIG. I'll yeah, find him yeah. in about three oh. seconds flat after Keith Griffin, the Gale Gory. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. In they come and Sonia's there and next of all they go, what song do you do? And myself and Sonia pick the same song. Oh no and way. Oh my God. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I said I'm coming out and I went, Diana Ross, or Donna Summer and she was like, it was Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why that's why we need allies, allies. Yeah. to correct yeah, us. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much for chatting to us. It's been Thanks, absolutely Brendan. I mean, God knows how you're a tough act to follow for whoever we manage to wrangle into next week in curiosity. We've really hit the ground running, haven't we? Well, we absolutely if have. you get asked to do this program, do it. It's the best experience. Oh, thank, thank you so much. much. And we'll have you on again. So Don't much. worry. We'll get you back. I'll do the Christmas special. We know, we know, you're, you're, we know you're only next door. So, yeah. like, <laughs> we'll, see what's, we'll see what's in the budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. So we're joined now by Anthony Kinahan from Quintessence Theatre to chat about their new show, The Curious Case of Albert Cashier, a loud-born transgender civil war hero. Hey, Anthony, welcome to Curiosity, and how are you? Thanks for having me, James. I appreciate it. That's great. And can you tell us a bit about the, the life story of Albert Cashier and sort of what was it that drew you to want to, like, produce this play? Yeah, well, we um, were a, a loud or northeast-based theatre company, and um, we usually do a lot of work around social issues. Or in back in 2020, we were doing a program in Drogheda Arts Centre in Drogheda about gender and sexuality. Um, I'm a gay man from Loud. I'm, I'm chair of the Outcomers Drogheda as well. And I, we came across the story. A colleague of mine in the theatre company, Leah Rossler, brought the story to us about. Albert Cashier, who was born as Jenny Hodgers from Clarehead in County Louth, um, went, migrated to America, enlisted um, for Lincoln in the American Civil War, then continued to live as a man in Illinois um, for about 50 years afterwards until they were eventually discovered. Uh, their uh, gender at birth was discovered. And um, then, even then, the people that discovered it kept their secret. And it wasn't until some orderlies in a hospital um, discovered their uh, um, sex, uh, gender at birth, uh, and they leaked the papers. And within about a week then, um, Albert's uh, veteran's pension was taken off them. And then there was a big court case. And I'll leave it at that so the, encourages us come to, encourages to come and see the show <laughs> yeah 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 I, I saw you you, talk, you talking a bit yourself kind of about how while it's obviously so important that we kind of see queer representation throughout history and kind of we write ourselves into the past this also is very relevant in the current climate you might speak a bit about that yeah I mean of course well I mean look we feel like all the work we do even if it is has a historical slant to it uh, there's always something um, contemporary to talk about or, or uh, a mirror to reflect against ourselves or society. Uh, and certainly we used uh, Albert, when we did the research and we discovered um, throughout the research that um, there was no other way for us to represent the story authentically other than representing Albert as a trans man before we had the vocabulary for, for what it was, let's say. So when we were decided to tell the story in that respect, um, we then spoke to other um, trans activists or trans uh, people from the community and 
you know, took in uh, what they've thought about Albert's life and um, what the challenges that they were facing today. We really then tried to parallel some of the challenges that Albert faced over 100, 150 years ago to the challenges that um, trans people are still facing today. And in fact, we first did this show was maybe two weeks before the first lockdown in March 2020. And I didn't think I'd be standing here in October 2023 um, and feeling like things may have gotten worse in the meantime for people in the trans community. So I feel like this show, we we were very passionate about Albert's story. We love him to bits, and we, we want to make sure Albert's name is on the lips of every Irish person around the country, but also then to use his story as a vehicle to create empathy for an amazing um, a hero that we should be revering in in Irish history, you know. So um, yeah, so the, I think it's 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 important for us to then create that empathy for a character, a trans person that the mm-hmm. audience can take yeah. that away with them. Then yeah. And in terms of like um, the story, do you find like there's an awful lot of pressure on on you guys now to like deliver this story, considering that like the the climate that we're facing today and and the and the I suppose the struggles that the trans community are facing. Well, as I say, I feel like when we now came back to revisit it and do the national tour um, this time around, we were certainly a lot more nervous than we were the first of time. Um, you know, we, we we have, you know, the Gender Recognition Act in 2015 and, and all the rest. So it, things should be motoring along fine for people in the trans community. But we know that that's not the reality that, that most people in the trans community are facing these days, whether it's access to healthcare or stigma in, in society. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, that unfortunately has gotten worse over the last three years with this um, anti-trans backlash that mm-hmm. we were experiencing yeah. both in Ireland and globally. So there was certainly, um, uh, we, we were thinking a lot of our heads, especially discussing the play on, on, uh, during interviews like this or whatever. Uh, we're very careful to maybe honour our uh, Albert and the other trans community, um, mm-hmm. people in the trans community with you know the way we speak and yeah. the, you know how, how totally. we consider the show but also we we where we can where the venues permitting we we put on post-show discussions yeah um and we discuss the story we discuss the play but we also discuss the challenges that trans people so face in, in the community today so we'll always make sure that we'll have a trans representative on our yeah. panel so we, um, we have people like Delroy and Fufu, um, who's an LGBT Ireland uh, uh, activist, and uh, Ethan Martin, who's the vice uh, chair of, of Tenny as well. Yeah. They've been very supportive of us. So Brilliant. That's, that's, that's a very important element for us as well. I suppose the, the last thing to ask, I know that you're, you're touring all around the country and you're going to land in Smock Alley for, for a four-day run in early November, but where can people go to buy tickets? Where can people go to find out more information? Um, and and what lasting thought would you, you would you leave people with as a reason why that they should like get up and go? and see this show yeah so um, uh, we've about another uh, I think eight venues left uh, and we have as you said eight the 11th of, of November in Smock Alley uh, we also have the 28th of October in the Mill Theatre in Dundrum so that there were, they would be our Dublin venues that are left um, but you can get all the information all the ticket details you go onto the Contestants Theatre Facebook Twitter or Instagram all the information is there for all the dates around the country that we have left um, and so please come tell your friends tell the world uh, <laughs> and, buy tickets. and what I just leave people with would, would be that that come and see an amazing extraordinary life that was led by this uh, Irish-American hero uh, Albert Cashier that we 
should be revering and, and honouring. He has yeah. his own memorial over in, in Illinois. We should be doing the same over here. It's so, absolutely, we should be... Yeah, we should absolutely. we should we should all we should all know the names of these heroes, sure. and particularly within yeah. the queer community, it's so important for us to 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 uh, to to see ourselves written into history in that way. Uh, thank you so exactly. much, Anthony, for chatting to us. Uh, I'm excited to get and see the show in Smock Alley, uh, and I, I think it's just so great that you're bringing attention to this particular person right now. So thank you so much for coming on. Curiosity on Dublin City FM. Here we are. We're 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 in our hot tub time machine. Tell me what's the destination? The destination this week is 2010. Oh my god. So I'm not throwing it too far back. No. But actually just for context, it's the year that One Direction were formed. I mean, yeah. baby Niall Horan. Exactly. Far, from 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 that from from those uh, that that um, youthful beginnings to I know. headlining. Where they, where they were all in George's houses wearing pantaloons. And <laughs> the same year that Mary Byrne Shot to fame. Oh my God. Queer Tesco's icon. Only. Mother Absolutely. of the land. Tesco's yeah. finest. Now that, that was my queer reference there, even though she's not. I'm just going to call her mother and let that be it. <laughs> I mean, there there is no other mother really, no, is there? of course is that not. Wasn't, that wasn't the year of Jedward. No, no, that wasn't. I don't think no, so. No, Jedward were, were a year or two before that. Yeah, they? I think so. I think so. Yeah, so we're throwing it back to 2010 for a number of reasons. Um, LGBT Ireland? Yeah, so 2010 was the year that the National LGBT Helpline was formed. Prior to 2010, uh, a number of regional helplines had existed that would have had sort of regional phone numbers. And this, in 2010, LGBT Ireland form, formed and launched a single, uh, at, the, at that particular time, it was a low-call number, an 1890 number, that people could contact from anywhere in the country to be able to get support. So it just meant that that, like, that step towards support, there was a, boundaries were removed from it there was someone available every single night and it just meant that we were able to kind of start I, I suppose really kind of formalising the structures around the support that was being offered and since that we have grown into the beautiful organisation that we are today where we offer all sorts of peer support groups I we love have that. our telephone service so it's, it's a big year in, in LGBT it, Ireland's uh, in LGBT Ireland's uh, diary of life It is and considering like the whole purpose of us being t- both here together in front of a mic <laughs> as if they had to twist our arms uh, it just seems, seems fitting that we kicked off with 20 it, it absolutely does. Look, it's an important year. 2010, LGBT Ireland kicked off. 2023, Curiosity kicks off. I'm excited to see where and the, the re- next 10 years takes us. The rest us. is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Also 2010, in terms of rights, I guess, right? Um, especially for our community here in Ireland, 2010 saw the Oireachtas passing the Civil Partnership and Certain Rights and Obligations of Cohabitants Acts of 2010. Uh, so romantic. Yeah, I know. So now, why did we ever want marriage when I we know, had that? I mean, I don't know, like, who wrote it? That wasn't, whoever wrote that wasn't gay anyway. That's Yeah, they were like, we need to strip yeah. all of the romance and yeah. excitement and artistry exactly. out of this. Let's make this seem boring. <laughs> yeah, so basically it recognised, the bill recognised civil partnerships between same-sex couples for the first time. And I guess, look, it wasn't what we I, I later went on to achieve in 2015, but it did certainly, you know, set it up, lay the foundations for same-sex marriage yeah, to be, to be it passed. Yeah, it was a very significant first step. And I know that, like, 
like at that I rem- like I remember at the time within the queer community there was a lot of conversations going about whether kind of accepting this you know kind of what was seen as like a separate but equal style of of, of, of rights was somehow going to hamper us getting mm-hmm. full equality but it really that that proved to have been completely incorrect because totally. it was a massive stepping stone yeah was, and also I mean like you know in the intervening period people who were able to get civil partnerships were protected in lots of ways that they hadn't been before exactly relationships were recognized exactly. in a way they haven't been before and look so, at us look, now look at us now we are probably I would I would imagine that we have been the lifeblood and lifeline to a lot of the wedding industry us queers being able to get married I know you see that's the thing <laughs> have you been to a queer wedding I have I have I have been to two gorgeous gay weddings oh my and god I, I'm excited for coming next year some of my slightly more and I say this with love bougie friends okay. are getting married the rich ones so, exactly. successful. so this is these are the ones where, where I, I think we'll Money. start to see like the sort of the glitz we'll have you know Mariah Carey in a snow globe you know, Have you seen Liza Minnelli I've seen Linda Martin appearing For performances At loads of gay weddings And I'm like This is camp I love it I absolutely love it I uh, No love friends it. of mine Are getting married On Pride of next year Which I'm quite excited for Oh my god for. That's, That is amazing yes, it is What a weekend That'll be for I know, everybody I know um, Also while we're on The subject of marriage In 2010 Portugal, Iceland and Argentina Legalised same-sex marriage That year Also Jane Lynch also known as Sue Sylvester. Um, Jane Lynch legalised gay marriage. Good she, for her. Basically, it was all down to her. We have everything to thank. She married her then wife, Laura Embry, but they actually very sadly divorced in 2014. So it was well, short-lived. Look, gay, gay marriage and gay divorce go hand in hand. So That's it's it. very important That's that these it. rights exist. I agree. I agree. And there's nothing as entertaining. Um, there's nothing more entertaining than a gay divorce. But everybody no, gay marriage. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Uh, 2010 also, James. Uh, big news here. Ricky Martin comes out. I mean, I, I like, I mean, I think that no one was shocked. <laughs> nobody no was one, shocked. Nobody but was shocked. In fairness, um, he comes out publicly becoming one of the first openly gay international pop stars, right? Yeah. And, in, and in the statement, he says, I'm proud to say that I'm for, a fortunate homo- homosexual man, aren't we all? Aren't we, aren't we all fortunate aren't homosexual? We, aren't we well, all? It is, but it also like, you know, kind of coming from sort of a very macho sort of culture and a very yeah. macho background, like to be able to like come out and acknowledge your, your, your sexual orientation and like when it feels like it could conceivably damage your career or your standing, like that's a huge thing it, what, to do. It is, it's huge. And like, it was going to it, it could have potentially really ruined his career but it I, didn't no instead it set him up to to, to appear in that fantastic <laughs> um, Giovanni Versace yeah. uh, role look, I mean look he's really he's really leaned into it as he it? has absolutely in fairness, he knows like, appearing wearing some sort of like a boiler suit yeah, and drag race like, look we love I it I kind of feel like he was just bored and he's like well I do now <laughs> yeah. alright that's it I'll come out <laughs> now I couldn't I couldn't mention 2010 without going into Eurovision. Are you a Eurovision fan? I'm a Eurovision stan. Are you? Absolutely. Like, like how, like, like, is it your mastermind subject? It, it would not be my mastermind <laughs> subject. I, I heard... Like if I gave you a year, would you know who won? <laughs> no, I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> okay. If you bring my boyfriend in here, he would be literally able to... I'm a to, bit to like listen. that, like. I'm a bit like that. I'm a bit, I'm a bit freak when it comes to Eurovision. Well, I'm excited to learn. Well, I'm going to learn you all about it. Okay, so... <laughs> We were pl- we were placing our hopes on Neve Kavanagh for a second time oh. in 2010. Do you remember now? I do, I remember that. She I had do, an icon- I iconic ballad. It's for you, wearing an iconic purple frock. She was in Oslo. 
Oh, she was here. giving us socks. Now, so Neve Cavanaugh, obviously big fan of the the gays, particularly the bears. Yeah. Loves the bears. She performs every year at the um at, at Dublin Bear Bear Fela. Yeah. Uh, this year she was performing in Panty Bar the Saturday after it. She did a gorgeous rendition of In Your Eyes and a gorgeous rendition of that song. She's amazing. Uh, it She's was, gorgeous. She is fantastic. We love we yeah. love Neve Cavanaugh. And like in fairness, right? She came twenty third that year, right? Out of twenty five. But actually, as things are going, that's a pretty good result for us because we well, haven't even qua- we qualified. No, we haven't we qualified. Even. And I say bring her back for a hat trick. Get her <laughs> I, in again. Get, get her in again and get Jedward in again. Quick. Absolutely. But look, we, we're, we're coming we're coming drastically close to the to, to my guessing game moment and the end of this okay. segment. So what, what are your last few mo- things from 2010 you want to share? Very quickly. In fashion, Lady Gaga served one of her most iconic looks probably of all time. Meat dress. Yeah. The dress was made entirely out of beef. And actually a fun fact for you, you can actually go and see this dress in Cleveland of all places. I don't know why it's in Cleveland apparently it's preserved like jerky oh lovely delicious mm. um, other um, something something else that's notable from that year uh, the Oscars the kids are alright have you ever seen oh, that movie? Oh, I did see that gorgeous yeah. movie. Julianne really Moore, loved it. Julianne Moore, Annette Benning. Benning. Um Benicia del Toro were one of the one of the Javier Bardem. Exactly. One of them. You know, some lesbian res- representation. Neither of the actors were gay, but it was you know, the first time yeah. that a lesbian couple were seen to be raising children on, yeah. you know, the main the main screen. So that was great. Also, as we said already, Beyonce won with uh, single ladies Ladies. at the Gram- Grammys. Another iconic, iconic moment. Yeah. And some other iconic tunes from that year, of course, Robin Dancing on My Own and Katy Perry came out with California Girls. Oh, listen, bop. absolute bop. bop. Uh, now, we're, we're going to be wrapping up in a moment with a game where I have to try and guess what is this iconic. Yeah, I can't the, wait. The, the 2010 iconic. I'm not going to get it. I'm so, I'm so been, sort of anxious. I've been trying to make up clues for weeks. <laughs> I've been weeks at it. If you get it, I'm going to be so annoyed. Yeah, but 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 after that, the, the song will play, the curtains will fall and this episode of Curiosity yeah. will be at the end. Oh my God, so we want to laugh. We want to say goodbye to, yeah. to the beautiful listeners. That was, do you know what? What a laugh. That was so much fun. Oh, it was gorgeous. Thank you so much, Podrick. Thank you so much, James. <laughs> <laughs> I've been him he's been her <laughs> but look we really want this to be a conversation we want this to be uh, as, as interactive as possible Absolutely. so do make sure that you get in touch with us you can email us here at curiosity at dublincityfm.ie or if you want to, to like go and bother us on our social media feel free James yeah. underscore Wagon on Instagram yeah anything appropriate girls keep it appropriate <laughs> keep it clean I'm only joking my handles are podrick underscore WMC I'd love to hear from people absolutely we want to we want to, we want to get this conversation going and we're hoping that we'll be able to have some voices from the community on as well I think it's important to us that we are are, are serving everybody from across the spectrum of our beautiful rainbow community now Padraig what are these clues okay so I've basically picked a queer bop from 2010 and you're going to have to guess what it is right so the first clue I'm going to give you is this song is by an American singer it was the third track on her third EP her being the clue there which was a reissue of her debut album now I'm not giving too much away there think about it third track uh, uh, third from track. her third, third extended play which was a reissue of her debut album okay so her hmm uh, <laughs> not hmm not Commander by Kelly no Kelly it's Rowland. not no but like that's actually such like I was thinking that but I was like, it's a bit obvious it peaked at number three in Ireland Okay, peaked at number three. She's an American artist. Mm-hmm. Her third album. Think 2010 now. Who was big? Who was big? Um, MGMT. 
Uh, <laughs> keep going. Come on. Um, Come on. I don't know. Madonna, Madonna was mm. Madonna big share. Ta- Madonna's Sh- always been big. Babe. I know this is it now. I'm, I'm lost. Okay, here's Leona Lewis. One. Here's another one. Right. This is actually a fun fact. In 2017, journal which studied structural patterns in melodies of earworm. No, this is no lie. Of earworm songs, American Psychological Association called this song one of the catchiest in the world. It was not. Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> no, but it should have been. I really, 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 really like you no, by Carly no, Rae Jepsen. No, 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 no. This, okay, this is going to give it away to you now, right? I'm getting so excited. I'm like this. I know I've gone from like wanting you to not get it to rooting for you. <laughs> the song was inspired by the artist's fear of men and is about her bidding farewell to her Latino lovers, three of which are named in the song. One of them shares the name with the, with the song's title. Oh my God! Okay. Chico Latino. One of the, one of them is called Roberto. <laughs> Roberto. Oh, Alejandro. Alejandro. Alejandro you got my it. Lady Gaga. You're Stephanie Germanona. There you go. <laughs> the bop of I would say nearly of the century. I agree, absolutely. Alejandro. 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 No way. Yeah. So playing us out for this week is Lady Gaga and Alejandro. She-